This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so, so you never miss another episode. Hope you all had an amazing Independence Day. I know I did. Happy birthday, America. This is episode number 22, Double Deuce, and in this episode, I sit down with Laura Lacey from Attic Brewing Company in the Germantown section of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Laura tells me how her brewery quickly adjusted to the pandemic only two months after opening, and how going to beer conferences can really propel you towards opening the brewery that you've really wanted to, but you're just not sure how. Well, they're still open, going strong after months of the initial outbreak, And I'm sure being friends with Tom Kehoe of Yards Brewing doesn't hurt at all. So sit back, crack open a beer, and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin, and this is the Brew World Order Podcast. And today I'm with Laura Lacey from Attic Brewing Company from the Germantown section of Philadelphia. Laura Lacey and her husband Todd started out home brewing for fun in 2010. In 2016, she left her job at H&M and started taking on jobs at local breweries to get a better understanding of the business. In 2018, she started up a WeFunder page in hopes to raise money for new brewing equipment. With the help of Bogdan Lisachenko, who acts as the head brewer, they opened Attic Brewing Company in the former Blysdale Paper Pencil Company on January 17th of 2020, which coincidentally is the 100th anniversary of the start of Prohibition. Laura, thank you for being with us. How's it going? I'm good. All right. Now, the Blysdale Paper Pencil Company build, building, that was built back in 1893, right? Yes. Can you tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about how you turned that from a paper pencil company into a full-on brew house? Sure. Um, we knew when we wanted to open a brewery with that, we wanted it in Germantown, this really historic part of Philly. And uh, we connected with a developer, Philly Office Retail, who had a couple of commercial buildings in this section that had always had manufacturing. Um, and we found this really cool Blaisdell pencil factory. And there's a, a long garage along the back of it. And so we didn't have to do a whole lot of work to the building because it was already built for manufacturing. We got a new roof on the building, installed some really cool windows to open up the space and provide a lot of natural light report some floors and floor drains, um, and then move the brewing equipment in. We've got a uh, 6,000 square feet of space. About half of that is our brewery tap room on the main level. And then there's a little bit of a ramp that goes down to where we have our cellaring area. Although we're attic brewing company, we don't brew in the attic. We're now technically brewing in a basement, um, but it's a really cool space and uh, has a lot of the architectural features of manufacturing buildings. But then we brought in a uh, 1890s back bar, had a custom-built front bar, um, have a lot of antiques and repurposed furniture, so it's like a cool, warm space. Right. And how long did all that take from start to finish from the time you leased out the place? So we had our lease signed for about two years before we opened, um, but under major construction for about a full year. Okay. And you said you don't brew in the attic, so where did that, that name actually come from? I'm originally from Illinois and Todd's from Colorado. And when we moved to Philly, we lived in Germantown in an attic apartment. And uh, like you said, when we started, uh, when Todd started homebrewing back in 2010, it was in this attic apartment. Thinking of brewery names is like naming a child. It it took a lot of uh, hard work and we made a whole list of different names. And so attic kind of fit. We had a lot of fun memories in there. Um, 
and then having it start with an A, we usually end up at the front of the list when they put breweries in alphabetical order. So it right, worked out right. well for us. Good thinking. So and I've been asking uh, a lot of people this, and, and being a new brewery, I know a lot of people are doing delivery and pickup, and, and now they're seating in some places. I, I believe you, you have that now, right? But Yeah, we just... Um, this is our second week of having our outdoor beer garden open. Right. So we have about a hundred seats of outdoor seating and uh, yeah, it's been really, really nice and well received. I know you opened in January. I'm sure to, uh, people were waiting for that. And then the whole thing happened in March. How did you uh, cope with the whole COVID situation and having to be kind of shut down? And then uh, what's the impact been? So we were open for eight weeks, and as um, new business owners and new brewery owners, it was definitely something we could never have planned for. You know, the first thing is always following um, the information that's provided by our government leadership. So we did have to close the tap room on March 16th, and then we just kind of paid attention to what was allowed. Um, Here in Pennsylvania, they were still considering breweries essential businesses. Right, right. Um, but people couldn't buy the beer from the tap room. So we did not have plans to can our beer at all in 2020. Like every other brewery, we had to quickly adjust. So we transitioned our entire brewery system to production and started canning beer. We uh, canned about 800 cans the first week, and now we can and sell over 3,000 cans a week. Wow, so, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely a lot of stress, but I think that for us, because we were new, our team was still small and no one was set in in a role yet. So it was very easy for people to um, take on new responsibilities and transition. Um, So our team has been great in uh, going from being bartenders to operating machinery. Right. And you didn't have to let anybody go during that time, I'm, I'm sure, right? At the beginning, we laid our entire team off um, and Todd and I kind of worked the tap room. Um, But then once we got our canning equipment in, um, we slowly started bringing people back. And it was just if they felt comfortable, we had the PPE in place. But now our whole team is working. You know, people who work bartending jobs don't normally make a lot of money. And so we did have a couple of team members who were struggling and we stepped in to buy groceries or help them out. Um, But now everyone's back to work. That's awesome. And it's been great. Awesome. So I read that you have a, a, a passion for the great outdoors. Um, yeah. How has your uh, your business gone about or plan to make things better for the environment or, or being environmentally conscious? Todd is still and uh, works for the National Park Service. Okay. Um, and we actually met working at Valley Forge National Historical Park out here in Philly. Awesome. Um, so definitely love being outdoors one of the reasons we didn't want to can beer was because of the amount of waste involved with it so we were really pushing um growlers and refillable reusable packaging right now we use everything as disposable and we partner with a company called world centric they're a better business so all of the cups and straws that we use are all compostable so we're not using any plastic we don't use plastic trash bags they're all compostable that's great um so those are some immediate actions that we're taking right um and then just as we continue to grow looking at ways of using less water when we're cleaning and sanitizing tanks offsetting our electric 
electricity use by using renewable resources. Right now with the deliveries, we partnered with uh, Block Bike Delivery. So all of our local deliveries are delivered by bike instead of by car. Very cool. Um, in the short time that we've been open, less than six months, those are some of the things that we're doing right now and where we're focusing on for the next few years. That's great. Before you opened, from the time when you started the funding page, what's been the hardest adjustment you've had to make to this point? When we decided to open a business, no one in our family's ever owned a business. So we kind of had an idea in our head what it would be like. And you feel like you kind of like draw a line and say, okay, this is how far we're going to push ourselves to get there. Right. And I think for us, it's just so many times you just push yourself further and further and further. And with COVID, you know, there really was a point for us where it was, are we going to let our business go out of business or are we going to do every single thing we can to stay in business and keep growing our business? So I think besides finding money to open a brewery, um, it's really about just that will and determination that you have as a person um, to just keep pushing and going. And, you know, Todd still works his full-time job. And while we were opening the brewery, I worked three or four jobs on top of trying to do the brewery. Wow. And so it's just really changing the way your mindset and how much sleep you can run on, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I know. Trust me. I'm, I'm yeah. the same way. So <laughs> I completely get um, it. Yeah. But at the same time, when we look back, which we don't look back very often yet, we're still very new business owners and brewery right. owners. But when we do look back, it it's so crazy how, how much we've accomplished. And we're really proud of ourselves. But just we we're very ambitious and have really big goals for our brewery and um you know, just have to keep digging deep, so. Right. None of your family members on either side had owned a business. What was the morale of your your friends and families? You told them that you wanted to open a a brewery. All of our immediate family, I think at first, they're like, go, you know, are always like, go for it. But then it reached a point where when we're asking them for money, um, that it became more real for them. Like, oh, wait a second. Now now you're getting me involved in your crazy dream. Right. Um, But... (laughs) We have a really, really great support with our family and our friends who most of most every single person we know invested through this we funder, um, invested into our brewery, invested me and Todd. There were a couple of people who brushed it off, um, especially in the, like when I had jobs at breweries and I told people I wanted to open a brewery. There's so many people who say that and don't ever do it that it's easy right. to get lumped into that I just had to keep it in my mind that I'm I am doing this and you know there will be naysayers but to just keep going um but we're really lucky our our family's been great and when we needed a little bit more money they helped us out or if we were having a rough time they helped us out so we have a really great support system they they do not understand they still don't understand what it's like to own a business though because they want us to travel back home and want us to be available for a lot of things and yeah I kinda, right now we're we're very focused on the business yeah i kind of have this thing going on i can't really leave right now <laughs> exactly so was there a like an aha moment for you when we're gonna open a brewery the moment where you're like i we really want to do this i left h&m without a plan i okay. just knew that i was not fitting into that that corporate corporation anymore um was like, I want to leave and I want to own my own business. We really lucked out because the Craft Brewers Conference, which is this huge um, industry event that they host once a year, was in Philadelphia in 2016. 
Okay. And somehow it came across an email, and uh, we had to pay somewhere between like two and three thousand dollars for the two of us to go, which was a lot of money for us. Yeah, it's a lot of money but, in general. But we went, and I saw brewery owners that of breweries that we idolized, and yeah. got to talk with them, and they're like, "You can do this." And that people at all different stages, people that had breweries open for thirty years, and people who had breweries open for one year, and it was just this really great supportive energy and people offering business cards like, Oh, reach out to me if you need something. Right. Um, so we left there knowing like we are going to go for this and called all those brewery owners, visited their breweries, asked for help. You know, you just take it one step at a time. And it was a you know, a four year process to get it open. So not quick in any way, but no, definitely going to that craft brewers conference and seeing so many, so many other people who had done it was very inspiring and and it was like a great experience for us and really said like okay we're doing this that's great along the lines of meeting all those people and all the people that you spoke to who would you say inspired you the most in the beer industry you know that's a tough question um i think there's people that inspire us in two different ways so i'll say when we went to the craft brewers conference um we you can pick different events and you get that lanyard and all the free beer you want really I met, what is it, like social impact and environmental impact for New Belgium Brewing and Bose Brewing. Bose Brewing is up in Canada. And they really were focusing on how they take these breweries that have been around for a while and make them into better breweries. And that really resonated a lot with me because we always wanted to have a business that was socially responsible, treated our employees well, had a strong community impact. So in terms of designing how our business and our brewery was going to be, those two breweries really helped us out. And I contacted them and had lots of questions. They were great in the setup of the business. When it comes to being in the brewery industry, we had our wedding at Yards Brewery. It's really the biggest brewery in um, Philadelphia right now. And Tom Kehoe is somebody who is like a beer icon in this industry. So... Um, for a long time, I'd see him at places and be like, oh my gosh, there's Tom Kehoe. When he came to Attic Brewing Company and had a beer and it happened to be the beer that I wrote the recipe for and was like, this is an amazing beer. Like that was like, oh my gosh, right. you know, my my <laughs> beer idol is like enjoying the beer that I created. Um, beautiful so. moment. Beautiful moment, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it still feels funny. Right. I call him my best friend, even though we're not best friends. But... <laughs> <laughs> So how do you define success? We definitely right now define success as is how our business is affecting other people. We're definitely new to making like the financial part of a business. But for us, it's, you know, getting feedback from our team that, you know, they thank us for getting the opportunity to work there and they feel excited to come to work. And we're really happy that we're able to have our business, even though it's been open for less than six months, you know, that we pay our employees well and we offer them benefits and we have a very diverse team, um, which is something that the, the craft brewing industry right now is trying to focus on is diversity. So that to me tells us that we're doing something right. Last week we did drag queen delivery in honor of, uh, or in celebration of pride month and we raised money for a local LGBT organization. And okay. to have customers say, like, this was the greatest experience of my life. Okay. And, you know, I've been in quarantine for three months, and this is, like, the first time I smiled. You know, that, to me, is success. 
And then where our brewery is, is in an area of Philadelphia where there's not another brewery. There hasn't been a brewery for over 100 years. And when you see them popping up all over, you wonder, why isn't it in Germantown? And it is because it has a high concentration of deep poverty and a majority black community. And so for us, it was like, these are our neighbors and our friends, and we live here. We want to have amenities, too. Um, So to see people come up and thank us for taking this blighted building and turning it into this beautiful space. Like that to me is success. Um, so awesome. for us, we just want to continue growing and doing that. I hope eventually I'll be able to get paid from this somehow, but right, right. for right now, um, it's just about how we're impacting other people, impacting our neighborhood and uh, just trying to be like the best business we can be. And I think we're on the right track right now, but we definitely every single day feel like, we have no idea what we're doing. Right. Well, that's a absolutely beautiful thing. And you're making me tear up over here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people have certain beers that they try that get them into craft beers. What was your gateway beer? Um, when we were working at Valley Forge, we do these events where we would uh, dress up as Revolutionary War soldiers okay. and camp in the huts at Valley Forge. And right. the first time I did it, they were like, oh, everyone brings beer and we just share it. So I knew to Philly, like brought Yingling. I thought that was like, oh, this is going to be great. Right. Not knowing how, you know, Yingling is like the Budweiser of, of Pennsylvania. Right, right. Um, <laughs> we had these older rangers, friends of ours who had been home brewing and into craft beer for so long um, that my friend George had a, a Saranac Caramel Porter. Mm. Okay. And I had it and I was like, how is this beer? Um, so that was definitely the one that got me into craft beer. This is dark, malty, a little bit sweet beer that, you know, I had never had anything like that before. So I still think it's a great beer. Yeah. No, it is. <laughs> no. <laughs> While you were actually learning, I know you, you were homebrewing. Uh, were there any like books or podcasts? I don't know if podcasts were around when you were actually first starting uh, to homebrew. Um pieces of literature or anything like that that you used we have probably every brewing book possible and because so todd started brewing in 2010 and then in 2016 when i left my job he taught me how to homebrew okay um so he had already amassed a library of books and notebooks that he had written recipes in and um i'd say my one of the first things i did was work for deer creek malt house um, and so I really got into malting, um, and there's the Brewing Element series that has the individual books for malt, yeast, hops. Water, um, right. Those, okay. yeah, those were really instrumental, like, to diving deep into each individual thing. Right. Um, you know, we have, we had a ton of books that we used, and, um, I mean, we live in the age of the internet, so you can just Google something or read a blog or... Right. You know, the first time we brewed with honey, just reading everyone's, do you add it in the boil? Do you add it in the fermentation tank? Or like, how do you get the flavors? Did a lot of research. Um, first beers that we brewed at Attic Brewing Company are the recipes that we had brewed as home brewers. And we just kept brewing the same beers over and over and over again. The cream ale that we have has probably been brewed over 40 or 50 times. Right. Um, switching water profiles, hop additions, yeast styles. Um, to just get it to where we wanted it to be. Right, looking um, for that but, perfect recipe. Yeah, but we're definitely lucked out, though, that there were already 
over 6,000 breweries. So a lot of them made the mistakes or like found the, that perfect recipe or that, that way of using hops um, that we could kind of just learn from them right, right. Um, to get the basics. I mean, there's so much great beer right now in, in this country. So I, Yeah, I know. For, I know it's probably been a crazy, like I said, past couple of months. Is there a need for a mental break at all? And, ha- and ha- what does that look like for you? How do you take that? When we first opened, we were open seven days a week. So right now we're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays. So we get a little mental break every week. Okay. Um, but my husband, Todd, turned 40 today. So well, happy birthday to Todd. Yeah, happy birthday, Todd. Awesome. Um, so we are taking a little break this week. Um, and it is necessary because sometimes we get so caught up in one thing that we lose sight of other opportunities. Um, and that's what we're trying to make sure that right now with the phases changing, uh, Philly's supposed to go from yellow to green next Friday. Um, we really need to decide if we're going to open indoor seating, what that's going to look like. Are we going to continue beer delivery? Right. Um, and, and have clear heads about making those decisions because we're, we're talking about the health and safety of our employees and customers at the same time. So right, we do need to have clear heads when we're making those decisions. But right. Right. Sometimes, though, we don't have clear heads and we come up with crazy beer names or <laughs> wild ideas. Hey. And so that works, too. I know Bogdan is your head brewer, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does he come up with all the recipes as of now or, like, who's in charge of that and, like, who comes up with the recipes? Um, so the first beers that we brewed were recipes that Todd and I created. And then we had two industry experts help us scale them up. So it was me, Todd Bogdan, and then two other people who helped us scale recipes. After we had brewed those, Bogdan comes from five years of commercial brewing experience. He worked at Trogues. He worked at Trillium. He worked at Forest and Maine here in Philly. Trillium's Um, Trillium's great. Love their stuff. Right. Yeah, so he's got a lot of experience. And so right now, our conversations are the three of us, me, Todd, and Bogdan. And I'm more involved with what beer style we're brewing um, based on sales data or what price point we need on the menu or pushing for seasonal styles. And then it's Todd and Bogdan who come together to create the recipes, um, what hops they're going to use, what when they're going to get you know hop additions what yeasts we're using for each style right. what percentage of oats whatever um it's the two of them then that go in and design the recipes um there's a couple um we've been hazy ipas are the most popular style in the country right now so we are like pumping out hazy ipas right. so sometimes we'll use the same recipe again and we'll just change the hops or make minor tweaks to it it's usually the three of us together that decide what beer style we're going to brew if anybody was trying to open their own brewery, what advice would you give to them? Do your research. Whatever business model you think you're going to go with, do the research on what that look, that indus- part of the industry looks like right now, whether you're going to do a production brewery and, and crank out cans and kegs, or if you're going to do a taproom model. Do your research to make sure that you can make a profit. And then the next part would be brew good beer. Because, I mean... We think that there's a lot of great beer here in Philly, um, but there's also breweries that are open in this country that aren't brewing great beer. You know, we put a lot of time and effort into it, and, you know, it's just make a good product for customers. Um, and the, if you can nail down those two things, like, 
you'll have success. All right. Well, did you happen to have a funny story for us? I do. Um, so, really, our life is so crazy right now that I wish I could find more comedy in it. Um, but okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so when we were opening the brewery, we did a lot of home brewing. We practically ran a nano brewery out of our house. Right. Um, we live in a 100-year-old Victorian twin here in Germantown, which does not have central air conditioning. And so we had to ferment all the beer in our bedroom with our window air conditioning unit to help control the temperature. So not only are we carrying these five-gallon buckets up these very narrow, steep stairs, um, but then, you know, it's super romantic and very relaxing to have 14 fermentation buckets in your bedroom at the same time. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so uh, last summer when we were in like the thick of things, there was a day where we came home and five of the fermentation buckets, the lids popped off and there was beer and um, hops and yeast all over the bedroom. Oh. It was just crazy. Like we had to laugh because it was, it just, you were exhausted already. And then now we have to clean this up. And then we're like, oh my gosh, is the beer okay? That was really our life for a long time. It's just living amongst fermentation buckets. Yes. And yeah. now people, we, you know, we have, um, our family all came for the brewery opening and they're all staying in the house and every single bedroom or room has like marks on the wall or the ceiling from exploding fermentation buckets. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely wild times. Right. Yeah, I can relate. One of my friends come over the other day and was like, don't you have a place for all these, all this brewing equipment? And I was like, no, I don't. It's a lot of it. I don't know where I would put it. I live in a basement. So I was like, I don't know where I'm going to put it all. It becomes, it becomes part, part of the furniture. Right, exactly. <laughs> there you go. So I have a little segment called Quick Fire Five. It's just five quick questions. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right. One of Attic's beers you'd recommend someone try? Our Cat Boss uh, West Coast Style IPA. Favorite brewery other than your own? I know it's that's I, hard. I, I know I'll it's say, tough. Um, ah, I'll say Yards. I think uh, not only do they have good beer, um, but they're they have that nostalgia for me. I had my wedding there, so right. They're a great place, and uh, Tom Kehoe, like I said, my best friend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite style of beer. Right now, I'm definitely into um, lager style, Pilsners especially. Uh, hot weather, crisp, clean, easy drinking, low ABV, Pilsner for sure. Okay. Uh, what's the last beer you drank that blew you away? <sighs> that is crazy. Um, oh my gosh. It's all right. You can think about I it. Would, yeah, I'd say um, our Almost Ashore Double IPA. I don't normally drink double IPAs. This one is super tasty. It's uh, so easy drinking, but dangerous. Right. Um, you know, you can only drink a couple. Right. But <laughs> before before it hits you, and uh -huh. uh, you have one keg of beer to hold you over for two week quarantine. <laughs> what beer are you choosing? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would go with the was it Weistefaner Pilsner. I mean, that's probably what I'd right. go with. Okay. Um. Like a nice German Pilsner. Awesome. Well, Laura, that's all I got for you. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for your time. And uh, if anybody's around, definitely come visit us down in Germantown, Philadelphia. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I will uh, be taking a trip there soon. Hey, guys. So that was my interview with Laura Lacey of Attic Brewing Company in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. 
I hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check them out if you're in town, passing through, or just live close by. Every other Sunday, I'll be posting a new podcast, so stay tuned and, like I said, subscribe. And you'll never miss another episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on our social media accounts as well. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there.